This is Ready Radio, preparing you to be ready for anything. Now, here's your survival guide for Ready Radio, John Rush. All right, and it is Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks so much for tuning in, by the way. We do appreciate it very much. I appreciate it very much, I should say. And today is a live show. We are not recorded. It is March the 24th of 2023, and I would thought I would have thought by now things would be warming up some weather-wise, but it has not. So maybe one of these days we'll actually get some warmer weather and get out of this uh, cold spell, I guess you could say. It's been cold most of the winter, and it's still this way. But anyways, a... Loyal university professor, that's the name of the university, Loyal, claims that if you have a fully stocked and well-organized pantry, which we talk about a lot, by the way, on this program for various reasons, but if you have one of those, it's an indication that you're a racist. Quote, If you ditched cereal boxes for uniform glass containers and opted for plexiglass storage bins in your fridge, you may be engaging in classist, racist, and sexist behaviors, the Chicago professor contends. Cleanliness has historically been used as a cultural gatekeeping mechanism to reinforce status distinction based upon a vague understanding of niceness. Nice people with nice yards, it's nice houses, make for nice neighborhoods. What lies beneath the surface of this anti-messiness, pro-niceness stance is a history of classist, racist, and sexist social structure. So I guess not only if you have a stocked pantry, but you mow your yard and you keep things pretty well kept up on your property and you do the things necessary to take care of the things you've invested dearly into, you're now a classist, racist, and sexist. I don't think, Charlie, that my anal tendencies in my entire life have ever been called that until now. Because, yes, I'm that guy. And always have been. You can ask anyone in my family. I know I'm... They, they say I, I'm just a weird duck, and yes, I am. I'll be the first to admit it. I'm very particular about a lot of things. Yeah, some things not so much, but most things I am. Not exaggerating, you could walk into the station here, find my cubicle, and pretty much know which one it is just based upon how it looks, because most of you know me. It wouldn't be hard to tell. It's just me. Now, I've never once in my entire life thought that because I like to have things organized, neat, clean, and so on, that I'm somehow a racist. I've known a lot of other individuals, by the way, that are different from me race-wise, which, by the way, we're all part of the human race. I hate that term racist, by the way. We have one race called the human race. We have different ethnicities and backgrounds and so on and skin tones and what have you, but we're all part of the same race, the human race. And I've seen a lot of, of black people of late saying the exact same thing. They're tired of that as well. They're tired of us being called racists and different races because we have one human race, and let's start acting like it. And by the way, I agree with them 
wholeheartedly on that. But I've known a lot of individuals of all different backgrounds that aren't much different than me when it comes to this. I I didn't think that being a white, late, middle-aged male that likes to keep things clean and neat means that you're a racist. Because I've known a lot of other people that are old, young, middle-aged, you name it, all different types of backgrounds that are very much like me. I, you know, I've also known individuals that are white, that are messy, and don't keep their things very clean. So I never once in my entire life realized that by having a fully stocked pantry and prepping, you know, being prepared for things that would come along like we talk about here each week, and then organizing those things in the right manner would somehow deem those of us that do that racist. But hey, I learned something new on this program every single solid day. That was not the main thing I wanted to talk about. Joe from Jersey sent me that, and all I can do, folks, is just shake my head. I, I, I don't have any other answers other than just shaking my head. I, I, I've always felt like, and again, I could, be, I could be wrong, and I know this can be taken over the top, but I've always looked at the things that I own, number one, not being mine. The good Lord has blessed me immensely throughout my life, not because of who I am, but because of the things that he's been able to teach me and the things that I've learned along the way. And I've always looked at everything I own being his in the first place. And it's my duty to take care of those things that he's given to us. That's how I see it. Not everybody does. I I get that, but that's how I see it. And I feel like, you know, since the day he created the heavens and the earth and all of mankind, everything we have has been given to us by him. I'm only borrowing it while I'm here for a short amount of time on earth. And I need to do the best I can to be a steward of the things he's given to me. That's how I see it. If that makes me a racist, I'm not apologizing for that is my point. There's nothing wrong, in my opinion. I don't think... Not even my opinion. There's nothing wrong with looking at it that way. I, I think that's the way all of us should, by the way. So I'm not going to apologize for that. This is just some knucklehead professor that I, I don't even know what he calls it. Pantry porn is what this guy calls it. Pantry porn. It's rooted in racist, sexist behavior. Now, we talk a lot on this program on Fridays, Ready Radio, about pantry porn, I guess we could start calling it having things ready to go, having the right things stocked up. And by the way, in doing so, not just to have a lot of extra stuff that you eventually throw away, but we talk about being efficient with that, keeping things on the shelf. That you know, It's why you never really hear me talking about uh, a lot of freeze-dried foods and the 10-year packs and so on. I don't think I've ever mentioned those once because, frankly, I don't have any of those, and I don't know that I ever will. The reason is because when those go bad, you typically toss them and buy something else. And to me, that's a big waste. And I've seen it done. You get to, you get to year 10, nobody's used them. You're not going to use them. You throw them in the trash and you buy them again. I, that's not the way I want to do things. And no, I'm not going to eat freeze-dried food unless I have to. Sorry, just not going to. I'd rather stock things that you're going to use 
rotate those in and out of your pantry accordingly, not throw those things away, not have a lot of waste, and I'd rather do it that way than having a bunch of extra you know, foods in, 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 in tubs of freeze-dried foods and so on. But again, if some of you have some of those, not knocking that to each his own. I would hope if you're somebody that has those, once they get close to their expiration date, you're pulling them out, you're eating them, you're using them, and they're not just going to waste, or you're donating them to a food pantry where somebody else could use them. I mean, I hope they're getting used in that manner and not just tossed, but I would venture to guess there's a lot of those meals that over time end up being tossed because they get expired and people don't even think about giving them to a food, you know, to a food pantry and the things that I just mentioned a moment ago, they just get tossed. Hopefully not. But somebody else may may look at it that same way. Somebody texted in a minute ago, I didn't know that Felix Unger had a radio show. <laughs> uh yeah. Oh, thank you, by the way. You guys all make me laugh and chuckle. What I, what I did want to talk about today, and I've got some other food sources on a list that we may get to today if time. I started that list a few weeks ago, didn't get all the way through it, so I've got a few more tips on that. But one of you sent me a great article in, uh, on the text line, and I said I was going to steal it, which I am. And this comes from a website, Need to Know. Dot news in the know is K-N-O-W. Need to know dot news. By the way, our English language, I really, I really am sympathetic to people that don't know English that then have to learn English because we have a really, really dumb language, frankly. I just said one of those, by the way. No. No is K-N-O-W, like knowledge, and or you can just say no. Why don't we have two different words for that that sound completely different instead of the same exact word, the way it sounds? Just observation on my part, and there's a lot of those in the English language that make it really quirky and hard to learn if you're coming from another place and then learning English. But anyways, this particular article on needtoknow.news is what will a cashless society look like? Now, you hear that a lot of late, and you know wh- where do I stand on that? You guys have heard me, I think, during the week on Rush to Reason, many times when it comes to the cashless society. I don't see it anytime soon, I, and I may be going against the grain of what some folks would say. I just don't see it anytime soon. There's still a lot of things that are done with cash, a lot of transactions, a lot of us still carry cash. And I realize it's becoming a generational thing. Older generation does. A lot of younger generation doesn't. And even some older generation folks don't carry cash anymore. They use credit card, debit card, whatever the case may be. Very few people write checks anymore, thank God. That one I I will say, thank God. Nothing worse than being in a checkout line and somebody whips out the checkbook. It's like, no! Put that thing away and get your cash or card out. Nobody wants to sit behind somebody writing a check. And really quick, by the way, for you, of my listeners, don't be that guy. If you're going to write a check, you just write a check to the credit card company or do whatever you're going to do, but get out of the line. Speed things up. Nobody wants to watch you write a check. So that one, I do, that one doesn't bother me. Checks, I'll tell you, even as a business owner myself, uh, when I had my retail automotive stores, I stopped taking checks close to the end of those stores being 
sold when I got out of them in 2012 because you just couldn't hardly trust anybody with a check anymore. And I know you can run them through the scanners and there's now ways to get instant deposit and so on. But back then it wasn't that easy and it wasn't quite as, as simplified as it is today. And I just stopped taking checks. Too many of them bounced. When people write them and they're bad, you know, merchants don't take them anymore. So you've also seen, and this one, I kind of, kind of get, kind of don't. There, there's this, there's this social media meme. Is probably what it is because it's a picture, so it's a meme. It's not words just written out, but it's a meme that talks about what to do to avoid us going to a cashless society. In other words, use cash. When you do, it helps this person, helps that person. Blah 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 blah. And by the way, not disagreeing with any of that. And is that one way to keep cash around? Uh, maybe. Maybe. But when they decide to finally get rid of cash, frankly, it'll just happen. Now, I don't think it's anytime soon again, because if you look at the amount of people that still use it, you know, even people like myself, I just don't see it going away. And there's a lot of places that... People just use cash on a daily basis, parking garages and things along those lines. You know, th- those, those places still take in a lot of cash. Ones, fives, tens, twenties, whatever it happens to be. A lot of food places, you know, a lot, a lot of places that, you know, a lot of people that buy food still pay in cash. Not the grocery store, but, you know, McDonald's, 7-Eleven, places like that. Not everybody, I get it. There's still a lot of, you know, or there is a lot of plastic that, is done in those areas, but there's still a lot of cash that's used in those areas. You know, uh, transactions that happen out of the back of your car where you're selling an item on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist or whatever the case may be. A lot of cash still happens that way. And by the way, I wouldn't trust it any other way. Garage sales, flea markets, things along those lines still have a lot of cash that goes back and forth. Now, I understand there are some businesses that no longer take cash. I always shake my head at those folks because it's like you, you don't want to take money. Here's really what's gone on in that business. It's more than likely an absentee owner or it's a corporate ownership where they don't have a quote-unquote manager on site at all times. The only way for them to keep track of every single transaction that goes on is to not have cash. Because cash is easily stolen, as we all know. Anybody that's been in business knows how that works. And I know there's safeguards against it and so on and so forth. But, you know, let's take the movie theater, which we're going to have movie reviews in a moment. Let's take the movie theater, for example. The guy at the ticket purchase counter and the person checking tickets, they could easily be in on something together to where... Cash is given, and the guy just says, hey, just go tell the guy you paid cash, I'll let you in. And then those two split the cash. But let's face it, we all don't care whether we have a ticket or not. As long as we get in to see the movie, that's all we care about. Very few people care about a receipt. So those are the reasons why a lot of bigger corporations and even absentee owners don't allow their businesses to take cash. It's too easily stolen. You can void a transaction or not have a transaction at all or... You get the drift. 
That's why you see a lot of places not taking cash. I want to make sure I'm clear on this. It's not because the businesses themselves are inherently against cash. They're inherently against being stolen from. So it's not, because I think this is a misconception, it's not a ploy by big, you know, big, big business, big, big corporations and, and even, you know, smaller businesses that have absentee owners. It's nothing against you personally. They don't trust their employees. I'm being straight up honest, folks. It's one of their security measures they have in place to make sure that money's not missing at the end of the day. And I know there's plenty of ways to safeguard against that. I walk through businesses on a regular basis when it comes to these things and how you make sure you're you know, accounting for all of your cash, nobody's stealing anything, et cetera, et cetera. I, I get that, okay? I understand that. Problem is, there's still ways to circumvent any system. Thieves do it all the time. So, point being, the cashless end of things, I feel, is being pushed more from the government side of the fence than it is the business side. The business side is looking at it more to make sure that everything they do comes in and nobody's stealing from them. Government, though, does want to go cashless. And I've, I've said this many times. I'll keep saying it. It's actually the IRS arm of government that wants to go cashless. And some of you would say, well, what, you know, why do they care? They're, they're just the tax collecting arm. That's the point. How can they collect what they don't know happens? You know, you, you go sell, because this is technically how it's supposed to work. You go sell an item on Facebook Marketplace for 500 bucks, and you now collect $500. Technically, that's supposed to be claimed as income. Nobody does, and I don't blame you for doing so. But you're supposed to claim, you know, I don't remember what the exact rules are. Maybe one of you accountant types can tell me. But technically, if you bring in X amount of cash, you're supposed to record that and tell them that you had X amount in cash garage sales and the like. Again, no one does that, but that's what they want. So again, it's the IRS pushing for this. I've got a full list when I come back as to what a cashless society means. And if you want to chime in on this and give me your thoughts, lines are open 303-477-5600. Don't forget Stack Optical. I talk about Alan a lot as we talk about the whole preparedness end of things and making sure that you're dialed in. Vision is key. You've got to have good vision before, during, and after any kind of an emergency. The last thing you would want is to have something happen and you now have no ability to see or not see as well, whether that be to defend yourself, to hunt, to do whatever it happens to be. You need to make sure you've got all that dialed in and Stack Optical can do that. And Alan's on our side of the island all this, by the way. In fact, he and his wife both love this program. They wouldn't be sponsoring it. If they didn't, they feel heavily you know, they feel, they feel heavily invested in what we're doing here to make people aware of what's going on in this whole preparedness world. So if you're somebody that needs any kind of eye care, just the exam itself they can do as well. And they've got one of the best optometrists in town. Call Stack Optical, 303-321-1578.
In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. Their geothermal heating has proven to be a gardener's dream, even in our cold Colorado winters. They can provide a custom consultation that includes an evaluation of your site and then provide recommendations and a custom plan for all your growing needs. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders at 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's ready-radio.com. You need a roof that is going to keep you and yours protected from the Colorado elements this winter. But having a reliable, functioning roof doesn't mean you should have to compromise your bank account. Here at Roof Savers Colorado, we try to save every client from the expense of a costly replacement with a rejuvenation treatment. This 100% plant-based product gives you new roof performance without new roof costs. But sometimes a replacement is absolutely necessary. With over 20 plus years of roofing experience, we believe in helping you determine the right solution for your family. For any roofs that do not qualify for the treatment, we work with your insurance so you can get the replacement you need. Contact Dave Hart, owner of Roof Savers Colorado today, and he will inspect your roof to see if it qualifies for the treatment. Call 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. Or go to RoofSaversCO.com today to ensure your family is protected. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. One of you texted in, Coors Field concessions don't take cash anymore, nor does, I don't think Mile High Stadium does, or whatever they call it now, invest in Power Field, in Power Field at Mile High. I, I still call it Mile High Stadium. I know I'm an old guy. I, I have to catch up with the times at some point. Uh, I also know Ball Arena, no cash there either. So there's a lot of places that don't do cash. Charlie also mentioned a moment ago, just really quick, wanted to add this. For a lot of businesses, it's not just you know them worrying about their their uh, employees and the theft and so on. They're worried about their employees' safety as well because you get a business that you know hauls in a lot of cash at the end of the day. They become a prime target for whoever is either locking up and or you know taking that deposit to the bank or whatever the case may be. So a lot of businesses, um, security wise. 
don't do cash as well for that very reason. Charlie also said that my example of a movie theater probably isn't great because movie theaters no longer, very few of them have any kind of ticket counters. And he's correct. There, there's only a few that I've been to in the last year that have had anybody at the front taking any kind of money. Everything else is done either on an app or, again, it's all cashless. Even concessions has become cashless. So what does a cashless society mean? Most of you could probably tick these off and even add to this list, but let me go through a few of these. And by the way, some of these are really, really key and will be something that as we go cashless, because yes, I do believe at some point in time we will be cashless. Yes, we'll, we'll, we'll go to that. There isn't, there's no way of avoiding it. Probably the best way for me to say it. At some point, yes, we will be cashless. When? I don't know if it'll be my, my lifetime, although, you know, never say never is the old saying. Uh, I, I wouldn't have thought, though, that we'd... I wouldn't have thought that we'd be where we are today as far as just all of the technology and the things that are around us. When I was a kid, you know, 14, 15, 16 years of age, you could have told me these things were coming, and I think a lot of us would have looked at that and said, yeah, right, sure. But we're here. And yes, we will get to a time where cash will become less and less prevalent. But here's some things to think about. A cashless society means no more tuck away cash for those preparing to leave due to domestic violence. Think about that. Your mom or a dad who's being abused, and by the way, it can be either. Women abuse men just like men abuse women. It goes both sides of the aisle. I know some of you might find that hard to believe, but it does happen. So that person's trying to leave that situation. And it could be either situation, by the way. One, one, one party typically handles all of the money in the checkbook, and the other party has nothing to do with it. So if and when it, it comes time to pack up the kids and leave to get to safety, how do you do that when you've got no means to do so? Whereby cash... Tucking a little bit away here and there, here and there, here and there over the course of time, you've now got the ability to do some of that. And, and by the way, untraceable. So that nobody knows where you've gone and, you know, there's no, there's no credit card trail or anything along those lines to where some, you know, some abusive partner can find you. So no more tuck away cash for those preparing to leave. No more purchases off marketplace unless you want to risk bank transfer fraud. So no more off-marketplace purchases. Yeah, I kind of talked about that a moment ago. This one I just mentioned. No more garage sales. I mean, if you, do, if you, it, if you did a garage sale, you'd have to do everything via you know, a, a cash app or Venmo or whatever some of the other ones are, you know, Apple Pay or whatever some of the other ones are that you'd have to be set up with to receive money. That'd be the only way, other way you could do it. So I, I, I hesitate to say no more garage sales. It would just be a different payment in regards to garage sales, which frankly is probably already happening because there's a lot of individuals out there running around that are probably, Charlie, what, 45, 40 and under that don't carry cash and everything is either cash app, Venmo, a PayPal, uh, 
whatever those, you know, I, I don't use many of these, so I'm sorry that I'm not the guy to mention, but, you know, Apple Pay, et cetera. There's all sorts of ways to transfer money from one person to another, and that's most likely what uh, that age group, and I, and I don't think I'm too far off on the 40 and under. Might even be a little higher than that now, but probably 40 and under is a good, is a good, uh, good starting place. No more cash jo- no more cash donations to hungry homeless people you pass. That one I'm fine with. Stop giving them money anyways. <laughs> so that one that one I would have taken off the list cuz yeah, give them a gift card or something along those lines, but you know, quit giving them cash. You know, if you want to really give them something where you're, you know, want to help them out, give them some food, something along those lines, give them a gift card to McDonald's or something along those lines, but handing, handing them cash is just stupid. And I see it every day. Literally, almost every day, because of the homeless situation we have at 225 and Parker Road, there's like encampments everywhere, and there has been now for a long time. And I still see, almost daily, someone holding up the traffic line, giving someone a cash handout at whatever corner. And I just think to myself, that's why they're back, because you're giving it out. Anyways. I digress. No more cash slipped into the hands of a child from their grandparent. That one's actually really key. I know a lot of grandparents will do that. They'll put in a 10 or a 20 or whatever the number happens to be. And nothing wrong with that. You know, think about the amount of cash you've given out over the years to your kids with the tooth fairy or whatever the case may be. Maybe some of you do that. Maybe some of you don't. But just, you know, cash tips or bonuses if you would to your kids tips isn't the right word but i never did allowances so i hate to use the word allowance because we didn't do allowance but i would pay my kids for things they did that were extra in cash and they were responsible for keeping track of that cash and hanging on to it and saving it or spending it or doing whatever it's their it's their money they do whatever they want to with it and i had kids that were spenders i had kids that were savers we all have that no more money in birthday cards, of course. We just sort of talked about that. No more piggy banks. No more selling bits and pieces from your home that you no longer want or need for a little bit of cash in return. Yeah, that. And by the way, that's a big one. Because there's a lot of us that will sell things at different times just because, you know, you, you'd rather have the cash than the item sitting there collecting dust. And cash is king. You want the cash. And you don't want... Venmo, or you don't want this, you don't want that. You actually just want cash. And, again, this is on both sides of the aisle, male or female. Everybody likes having a little cash. Nothing wrong with that. One more is less choices of where you purchase based on affordability. That one I don't know that I really totally agree with. I mean, most most merchants have gotten sharp on that and it it doesn't cost you any more to use a credit card versus cash very few places even offer you a cash discount occasionally you might be able to get something by offering them cash you know get some sort of a discount but generally speaking you're not going to get that the flip side to this in this article again this article comes out of need to know dot news what a cashless society does guarantee. And these, I'll just go through point by point, tell you whether I agree or don't. Banks have full control over every single cent you own. Yeah, because you can have to have it in the bank. It's not in your pocket. 
or in your safe or under your mattress or in your nightstand or wherever you would keep your cash. They would have full control over everything you own. Every transaction you make is recorded. That's the reason why the IRS especially wants you to be cashless. They want to know every single dime you spend and where it goes. All of your movements or actions are traceable. Yes, that one as well. I, I talked about that a moment ago, even with somebody trying to you know, escape. Everything is traceable when you're spending it digitally. Okay, does that make sense? Everything is traceable when you're spending it digitally. Do we have a call, Charlie? Uh, put him on hold, and I'll go ahead and take that then. That's all right. There we go. Jim, are you up there? Go ahead, sir. Yeah, I'm here. What's I'm up, up here sir? Wyoming, so I'm up here in Wyoming, so hopefully I don't lose you. Here. Oh, my God. You're, you're, you're loud and clear. Go ahead, sir. Okay. Uh, hey, John. So I'm, I'm not really quite reading you. So do you do you or do you not find anything wrong with this with this thing with the government pushing this uh, this uh, uh, Fed coin? Oh yeah, I, I I don't want it. I, I I'm a cash guy. I want to. I, I will continue to keep using cash. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I use a little bit of both. Um, I, I I use a little bit of both, but I I I, um, I, I don't want to see us going towards uh, a Fed coin of any sort. No, me neither. Uh, I, I see, I see it as a means of our government now is going to tell you what you can and cannot buy. Well, and and beyond that too, and, and Jim is you know again this has been pushed now for a long time. The IRS has been pushing for some sort of a digital, you know, not necessarily currency, but they would just as soon not have any cash at all because they can't trace all of all of it. The IRS wants to trace every piece of it. You know that as well as I. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I and I, I totally understand that, John. It's just that I, I just, um, um, and I don't expect really younger people to quite get the bigger picture about the whole thing. They need to. I, I hope. Oh, I, I totally agree, and I, and hopefully, I, I hopefully there's enough people out there that do understand the, the bigger side of this because, um, I mean, it, it's just one more, it's one more chunk out of our freedom. Oh, sure. Oh, no, no, you, no, Jim, you're spot on. I mean. The, the, the more, and I just talked about it a moment ago, when you don't have any cash, they have control over everything. They know every single nickel you spend, and by the way, where you spend it. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And, and you know, and, and you know, and, and for people like us um, that are car lovers, and especially, I love the gas engine, uh, let me tell you something. All of a sudden, now they can sit there and say, well, sorry, you can't, you're not allowed to have any of your money today because uh, we don't we don't allow you to uh, buy gas no more, right? Or, or whatever, right? You know, it just. I mean, it's just it's just. I I don't know. I just I got a really big problem. I really hope hope people. But you know, I want they know, John. Um, the one the one thing know, John, is. Our, the, the 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 American dollar is kind of the universal dollar for around the world. Yes, right? it, yeah, yeah. Thank you for saying that too, Jim. There's very few countries. In fact, I've never been to one. I've been to a lot of places around the world, not everywhere, but I've been to a, you know many different countries around the world, Jim. And I will tell you this: a you know a a one, ten, twenty, fifty, hundred doesn't matter what it is. They all spend. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, so I I like to know that what how. How do they propose to get 
this money out of the hands of other... That is a great question. It's one of the things that I have really tried to wrap my head around, because you think about how many actual you know, trillions of dollars of currency, USD currency, is around the world, and then trying to retract all of that. I mean, to me, Jim, if they get to the point to where this, by the way, I don't think I'm wrong in this. If they get to the point where they start, you know, retracting currency and just not issuing it anymore, and they start pulling it back, it's going to make the paper currency go up, if you ask me. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, another thing is, too, John, um, I don't know a whole lot about it, but I, I know enough about um, human beings and and the way we buy and sell things, that human beings, uh, I mean, I mean, look at it right now. I mean, you got the Bitcoins out there that are, what, two or three, four or five different types of Bitcoins out there? I mean, human beings will just find another way to come up with a currency to sit there and buy and sell. And I, I think, Jim, well, and again, Jim, what I think will happen is, since we've already got a lot of circulation of current paper, dollars, paper, you know, everything, you know, you know what I mean, dollar, you know, one, two, five, right. ten, twenty, fifty, a hundreds. I mean, what will happen is that currency that's already out in circulation, even as they try to pull that back, it'll just make what's there become more valuable and people will just hang on to it more because they know its value is going up. It will actually increase the paper physical dollar not necessarily the value of a USD but it will it will increase the value of a of a of a you know 100 dollar bill for example will be worth more than 100 bucks if that happens Jim right and and then one more thing John you know Christians really should be pushing back on this especially because if Christians aren't pushing back on this then they really know nothing about their bible because true because it is, True. it is clearly spoke about in the end time. Sure is. No, you're, you're, yeah, no, Jim, to, for all of that to take place, you have to have 100% cashless society because you can't do what they talk about, you know, what, what Scripture talks about in Revelation cannot happen without a cashless society. No, that's, that's exactly right. And that's why I just, I, if, if there's any Christian, and I know there's a lot of Christians that, that, that uh, embrace socialism these days, which I can't, and which I can't wrap my head around, Jim. I I really can't, and and so I think you know they better start evaluating their their own uh, belief system. Yep, and, you're uh, right. You understand what I'm no, saying? No, you are spot on, Jim. I, and I talk about it some, probably not near enough, but to your point, if they really believe the Bible that they're reading and they're quote-unquote holding true to, number one, they would they would get rid of and run as fast as they can away from communism and socialism, and they would embrace That's the right. things we're talking about here, and they would start using cash again. That's exactly right, John. Well, that's, that's pretty much all I wanted to say. I no, just, you're spot on, Jim. I, I, no, you're right on the money. Okay, Thanks, right, man. Yeah. Appreciate you. No, he, he is right on. And, folks, it's really something to to think about. Now, does that mean that I am going to tell you to buy everything you possibly can with cash? No, I, I'm not going to say that. There's other things that you can, you know, that you need to have protection on, by the way. And this is something I probably should talk about as soon as I come back. There are things that I will tell you do not ever pay cash for. Ever, ever, ever. Is that part of the ready radio side of things? Sort of, because the more protected you are across the board, the better off you are on down the road. I'll tell you a few things when we come back of what you should never pay cash for as soon as we come back. This is Ready Radio, KLZ 560. You need a roof that is going to keep you and yours protected from the Colorado elements this winter. 
But having a reliable, functioning roof doesn't mean you should have to compromise your bank account. Here at Roof Savers Colorado, we try to save every client from the expense of a costly replacement with a rejuvenation treatment. This 100% plant-based product gives you new roof performance without new roof costs. But sometimes a replacement is absolutely necessary. With over 20 plus years of roofing experience, we believe in helping you determine the right solution for your family. For any roofs that do not qualify for the treatment, we work with your insurance so you can get the replacement you need. Contact Dave Hart, owner of Roof Savers Colorado today, and he will inspect your roof to see if it qualifies for the treatment. Call 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. Or go to RoofSaversCO.com today to ensure your family is protected. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. Look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968... Yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. Their geothermal heating has proven to be a gardener's dream, even in our cold Colorado winters. They can provide a custom consultation that includes an evaluation of your site and then provide recommendations and a custom plan for all your growing needs. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders at 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's ready-radio.com.
All right, we are back. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. And like Jim, if you want to call in and chime in on this subject, feel free to do so. What do you feel I feel about a cashless society? 303-477-5600. Some of you are texting as well. Thank you, by the way. 307-200-8222. Somebody said, uh, won't they do like they did with gold at one time, just make possession of it a crime? They could. Yeah, I'm not denying that. Typically, though, when they make something illegal, it just pushes the value up even higher. So I don't know that they would do that right off the bat, because in doing so, you just push the want for it even up farther than if they just left it alone and let it run its course. I'm one that thinks that this will run its course just over time as more and more young people just don't use cash. That's why I think we need to encourage our young people to use cash. Another conversation. I said a moment ago that I would tell you the things that you should never pay cash for. In fact, I wouldn't even pay for these things I'm going to mention to you with a debit card. Now, I've had people argue with me that debit cards still have protection and blah, 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 blah. Well, maybe they do, maybe they don't. It probably depends on your bank and the limits and so on. You'd have to read all the fine print. I will just tell you it's easier to just use a credit card for the things that I'm going to mention and not use cash, check, or a debit card. And there are several things. It's interesting that there are things that I have been involved in in my entire life. So I can speak very clearly to these things, by the way. Number one, car repair. Never, ever, ever pay for car repair with a cash, with cash or check or a debit card. Ever. Because you have no security if something were to go wrong. The repair is not right. Something didn't, didn't go well. Whatever the case may be, you have no recourse on that business if you pay cash or check. So you go in and you get the oil change. And something happens and the filter's left loose and it spews oil all over everywhere and the engine goes south. And your engine locks up because it's out of oil. You pay with a credit card, you have recourse. You pay with cash, good luck. You may or may not get anything out of that. You, you know, I guess you possibly could, but it's a long lengthy battle, small claims, so on and so forth. You're just much better off paying for that with a credit card. So do not pay for car repairs with anything but a credit card. The same is true when it comes to home repairs, things you're doing around the house. Anytime a repairman shows up, you'd want to pay with a credit card for the exact same reason I just mentioned when it comes to paying for car repair. You do not want to pay with cash for that same reason. Linda, you're next. Go ahead, Linda. Oh, I was just wondering, I've been listening to a lot of the things about the um, cashless thing. Yes. And a lot of the conservatives have been saying that um, they're trying to ruin, like, the underground economy that really keeps things going. But I was just wondering, you know, there's no statute of limitations on, you know, the IRS stuff. So I'm just wondering what they mean by that. Well, and there actually is on IRS. They can only go back so far. Unless there's flat-out fraud, they have a limitation on how far they can even go back and perform audits. So, yes, they, they, they can't go back and audit you, for example, Linda, 10 years ago for a return from 10 years ago. Now, if they think there's utter fraud and you had tax evasion, then that's a different situation. But they can't go back and perform an audit, you know, some 10 years ago. In fact, you'll find them not even auditing much past five years max. Most things beyond that, they're not even dealing with. So so there are limitations on that. And as far as the underground economy that some would say, I guess I'm confused on that. What underground economy are they referring to? Because I, I don't, I'm in that world, you know, immensely, and I don't know what they're talking about. I don't mean like drugs. I mean like people, okay, like um, 
a, a babysitter or the lawn guy or whatever. A lot of people work a couple jobs, and then one of them, they're just, you know, paying, you know. I see. Cash. Okay. Sure, sure, sure. And okay, yeah, that one I understand. Really yeah, and, and, and well, and that goes back to what I was saying earlier. The IRS especially, you know, they want, you know, it's not really, I think there's confusion. I don't think it's the the ultimate government or or you know even the banking end of things that want this Linden. I mean the banks if they could have all the cash in the bank instead of having it out in circulation would they prefer that of course because they can make more money with it being in the bank than they can having it in your pocket. But I don't think they're even the ones pushing for this. This is strictly the IRS wanting to track more of what you're doing so that you, the example you just gave a moment ago there's no ability to make cash that that isn't taxable if the IRS no longer you know, if you no longer have cash the, the IRS can tax everything and that's what they're looking for. I feel like this is pushed more from them. Yeah, there's probably other politicians and government officials that would like to see us go cashless as well, but by and large Linda, this is an IRS thing. Hey, real quick, I was wondering, do you know this new dollar thing? If I pay my car mechanic over $600 in a year, technically I'm hiring them. Do I need to issue them a 1099? No. Okay, so that's just... And you're not technically hiring them. You paid for a service with another full-bore business. Most of those businesses are corporations. You could pay them $4,000 and not have to issue them a 1099. Gotcha. Perfect. Yeah. And um, I really appreciate it. I listen to your show every day. Well, thank you, Linda. I know I appreciate you calling in and great questions, by the way. So thank you for that. I appreciate that very much. Okay. So things you don't pay for with cash that you do go ahead and use a credit card for. Car repair, as Linda was just stating a moment ago. Home repair, that one also. And, and by the way, that includes anything that you would have done around your home. I don't care what it is. I, you know, Even as far as what Linda was saying a moment ago with the lawn guy and all of that, if you want any kind of protection, you should be paying with some sort of a credit card, something that has a record attached to it. Now... Where the credit card comes in is you end up with some financial protection in case something really goes awry that you don't get any other way. Now, how, you know, how do you want to pay your babysitter or the dog sitter or the house sitter or whatever? If you want to pay cash to those folks, you know, be my guest. Typically, those are people that you know, friends, family, and so on. I mean, what do you use cash for? It depends on you. Depends on what you're looking at what you're trying to buy. Now, this is, you know, where I have a problem with in fact, I'll just go through this. Really quick. All movements and actions are traceable. Access to your money can be blocked at the click of a button. Yes. If your transactions are deemed in any way questionable by those who create the questions, your money would be frozen. Potentially, yes. We all need to take off our Blinders, forget about cash being dirty. Cash has been around for a very, very long time, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I get all that. Okay, that, that's, that's kind of goes without saying. Here's what they say you should do, though. If you're a customer, pay with cash. See, I, I don't agree with that on every instance. In some cases, yes. If not, no. If it's something you want to be, you know, have some security in, no, pay with a credit card. If you're a shop owner, remove the ridiculous signs that ask people to pay by card. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that one. I mean, cashier, cashier, whatever. I mean, I think what I would say is we kindly accept all forms of payment except checks. That's what I would say if I was a merchant because I wouldn't take a check. Cash is legal tender. It's our right to pay with cash. Yes, it is. But I also will say this, and you guys all know my feelings on this. I believe in the rights of businesses. 
as much as I do the rights of individuals. If a business decides it's no longer taking cash, then it's, it's right to do so. And you have the right to go shop somewhere else. If you find a business that you really like what they sell, and you decide you're going to pay cash, but they don't take cash, and you don't like that, then go shop somewhere else. I am a big believer that they can do whatever they want. It's their business. If they want to not take cash, I think it's stupid on their part, but if they don't want to take cash, that's their prerogative. Banks are making it increasingly difficult to lodge cash, and that has nothing to do with a virus. I don't know what they mean by lodge cash, so I, I, I don't know what that term means in this particular instance. Um, I've not noticed any banks yet that make it difficult to either have cash, deposit cash, withdraw cash. I've not encountered that in my world. Now, there are deposit red flags that banks have to report to the IRS, which, by the way, I think the limits are way too low. The $10,000 limit that, has, that it gets flagged by a bank if you deposit ten grand in cash was set some 30 years ago or more. And that number needs raised because ten grand doesn't buy what it used to. And, you know, in a lot of cases, even an auto shop that has two or three transactions that day, part of that may have been in cash, not two or three, but maybe they've got 30 transactions that day and they have three or four big cash transactions. They could easily go over the 10K mark. They should be able to put that money in the bank with no red flag. This one I do believe. Please stop believing everything you hear on TV. I'm going to add one more thing to that. Please stop believing everything you hear on TV and even some conservative news outlets. Because most of them aren't right. And, and I, I, I go to bat with some of these news organizations and places where a lot of the misinformation is given out. You guys hear me do it. Even conservative organizations, I will go to bat with them, go to battle with them, and tell you what's right, wrong, or otherwise. Because there, there is a lot of misinformation even on that end of things. Keep in mind that there's a lot of clickbait everywhere. Some of you say, what do you mean by clickbait? They want you to click because every time you do and you open up a window or more than one window on their website, they're making money. Because they make it through ads and all sorts of other things that are usually on that site. And that's how they do it. That's how they make money. So the less you click, the less they make, and the less that you know, propagates throughout the Internet. Almost every single topic in today's world is tainted with corruption and hidden agendas. Yes, even on the conservative side. Politics and greed is what is wrong with the world, not those who are trying to alert you to the reality. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that statement either. Politics in and of itself is not what's wrong with the world. Greed is also not what's wrong with the world. Greed isn't always a bad thing. Depends on what the motivation behind it is. Yes, I said that. Yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I'm also a capitalist. Greed isn't always a bad thing. It depends on how it's used. This last statement, please pay with cash and please say no to a cashless society while you still have a chance. And, and again, yes, I would say pay with cash as you can and as you see fit. But you also need to be smart with what you're doing. And there are certain things I would not pay cash for. Now, I bought some items the other day. And I got a better deal, not a lot, but I saved probably, I don't know, 75 bucks by paying for something in cash versus putting it on a credit card. 
Was it to my advantage to pay cash? Yeah, in this particular situation, it was an item I purchased. There wasn't anything I needed as far as a, a, a you know, backup coverage from a credit card company. I was more than willing to pay cash. Done deal. Handled. You have to pick and choose. So, I'm again, I'm not against cash at all. I love cash. I carry cash. I'm still one of those guys that has a money clip and I carry cash. Very few do. So I'm not against cash at all, but I am one that advises, and I talk about this a lot even on Drive Radio, that certain things that you buy, you need to not pay cash for. Now, when you're buying, you know, I don't know, everything from, you know, groceries to whatever, and I realize you can get receipts and so on, and, you, you know, you can utilize that, but depending upon what the situation is, you're better off just using a credit card. And I'm sorry that... We live in a society now to where you have to have a credit card to have the right protection because merchants won't do what they should because if they did, you could still pay cash and it wouldn't be a problem. Unfortunately, we live in a day and age where there's a lot of unscrupulous customers and a lot of unscrupulous providers as well, and you have to be protected. And the only way to be protected is through the credit card company. I I hate to say that, but that's the truth. And there's just some things that you do not want to pay for with cash. And the problem is, this is where it gets dicey. It's getting to the point where there's more and more things like that where you want the protection and you don't want to pay cash or can't pay cash. And you need to actually pay with a credit card for the protection side of things. A lot of other things you don't need. It's not a big deal and you can pay cash. So what I would say is pick and choose what you can pay cash for and do so as you can. And there's going to be other things that you can't. So I am not against cash. As I said it before, I carry cash, I use cash, but I'm selective in what I pay cash for because there's times where I want that protection that the credit card company is giving me, and that's part of the agreement that I have with them in selecting them and using their card. The other thing is a lot of them will give you bonus points in using their card. Yes, I know they're getting paid from the merchant, so in a way they're getting paid to pay you. But that's the system we have, folks. So with that, Ready Radio. Go to the website, ready-radio.com. Next week we're going to talk about a great expo that's coming up in another week. Uh, Annette and, and all the folks that are out in the Elbert County area, we're going to talk about the expo they've got coming up. And if you want to know more about that, just send me a message. Otherwise, this is Ready Radio right here on KLZ 560. Views and opinions expressed on KLC 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.